0: Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Tree of Life Church podcast. It's our prayer that these messages help connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus. 2nd Samuel 3 for me. 2nd Samuel 3. In the time that I have left, I want to spend a few moments in this passage of scripture. Um, I really felt God dropped something on my heart, and part of it comes from just after, after having Easter Sunday. It's like, what does it look like? I mean, what do, you, what do you teach on, preach on after Easter Sunday? Now we're living forward from the resurrection, not just up to it, and that means that we have resurrection power in our heart and our lives, but here's what I know. I, as in anything that you, you, know, you walk in, you receive in those times, those moments that you really have an encounter with God that then all of a sudden life sets in and we can easily find ourselves back where we started. I mean, why just, well, it was just Easter. I was just there. And, and sometimes we'll wait till the next Easter or next big moment. Uh, but I want to encourage you in the resurrection power that's in you to live life beyond the Easter resurrection moment. Amen. That it lives in you for everyday life. But I know life gets busy and overwhelming and that we have challenges. And perhaps even, even from that moment to this moment, one week away, we've experienced some overwhelming things in life and we're just, we're questioning what, what happened, where'd all that go? And we feel like we're almost back to the same place. So kind of out of that, this, kinda, this message kind of landed on me, if you will, uh, that I want to share this morning. And I want to read Second Samuel 3:39. And it says this, "And I am weak today. This is David speaking. David has been anointed king a while ago, but he's not yet king. <clears throat> and so he's wrestling with the feelings and emotions of that, and some things have happened, and a great disappointment set in. And so listen to David and probably one of the, as we see, one of the weakest moments of his life. He says this, I am weak today, right now in this moment, I'm weak, though I'm anointed king. I mean, that right there is going to preach. I'm going to try and, to move on and not preach it. but to teach a little bit this morning, perhaps, but here's the thing I want you to know, that even when you're weak, you can be anointed, even on your worst day. When you think nothing has gone right, nothing can go right, understand that Jesus Christ is Savior and Lord, and you are full of resurrection power, even though you don't feel like it, you're anointed in Jesus' name. That no matter what's happening in your life, the worst day of your life, and David's saying, I cannot believe I find myself in this place, but yet I'm anointed. I am weak today, but I am anointed, and I don't know who needs that this morning, but I'm going to say I need that this morning, right? I get up here sometimes, and I feel inadequate or overwhelmed, but I know this. I'm anointed. I'm anointed. I may be weak in this moment, but I am anointed. And I want to encourage you. And those times that are, you're weak, then the Bible says that you need to say you're strong. Or we'll say it this way. I may be weak today, but man, I am anointed. And I think that that's such a powerful principle for you and I. Sometimes we fail to realize that even when we're at our weakest point, we're still anointed. And the prophet Samuel, as we, if you'll understand the story, I don't have a lot of time to explain it. But the prophet Samuel came to David one day when he was just a shepherd boy And he went through all his older brothers who looked more kingly than David did, but yet the Lord had called and anointed David to be king. And so Samuel, the prophet, anointed David with oil in that moment and prayed over him that he would be king, but yet he's not there. Much time has passed. So even though he had secretly been anointed to be king of Israel, he's not yet king. And so for a long time, in fact, his story is he ran from that moment. He ran from Saul after he defeated Goliath. He ran from Saul in a way because Saul became jealous of David. Everybody's singing David's praises and everybody loved David. And so Saul began to chase him, to kill him. And he was running and he was hiding and he gathered men around him that were mighty men. and, And they were doing things and they were just all the time looking over their shoulder David was living a life like looking over his shoulder and seeing where's King Saul at. Finally, King Saul and his son Jonathan are killed uh, in a battle at Mount Gil- Gilboa. And then Israel was kingless. And so David thought, maybe now I'm going to be king. But that, and, and then it's shortly after there, the kingdom split a little bit. There was northern tribes and southern tribes. And so David was finally um, set in as king of the southern tribes. But the northern tribes were doing their own thing and set in their own king. And as each king would have in that day, they had a military commander, and so the military commander of the, of the northern part, uh, his name was Abner, and the military commander of the southern part, which is what David was king over, was Joab. So what happened was, there's this moment where they're trying to negotiate a little bit about bringing the kingdoms together, and Abner, who was the northern kingdom's military commander, he got an argument with the king, and then he came to David and said, you know what? All the military men in this kingdom, we're going to support you. It's time that Israel becomes one, and we're going to push this king out, and we're all going to throw our support behind you, and you will unite the kingdom. You will fulfill what Samuel did when he anointed you, and you will walk in the calling and become king of Israel. But sadly, shortly before that was to happen, Joab, David's military commander, killed Abner. It's like, are you kidding me, right? Why would you do that? We're fixing to bring this kingdom together. Well, what happened was Abner accidentally killed... This is great reading, by the way. You don't have to go to Netflix and binge on anything. Open up the Bible and start reading it, right? Abner had accidentally killed Joab's brother. And so Joab then, of course, killed Abner right before the deal was done. And it just blew everything up. Forget the deal. It all fell through. And David was just so disappointed because he'd been dreaming of the day. He had been anointed for the day. He'd been looking forward to the day that he would be king over both the kingdoms would come together as one. And so suddenly David found himself at this place. And this is where this is written out of. All of a sudden, everything that he dreamed and hoped for, anointed for, believed in, and all the running he did from all these years in exile was finally going to come to be. And because of this one act, all of a sudden it was not going to happen. And so David says, this day I'm weak, yet I'm still anointed to be king. I'm not going to be moved by how things are going around me. Did you know it's possible to feel weak, yet still be anointed? 1 Peter 2.9 says this. But you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you might proclaim the promises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You are still royal priesthood. I don't know if you know that or not, but you are anointed to be king. You are a royal priesthood. Ephesians 2.6 says this. And and we were raised up together and made to sit together in heavenly places with Jesus Christ. I don't know how you feel today, but here's what I know: you are seated with Jesus in heavenly places at the right hand of God. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Revelation one six says this: that He has made us kings and priests to His God and Father. To Him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. That you are, no matter what you feel like today, you are a king and priest by God. God says, "You're my king. You're my priest." So even when you're weak, you're still anointed to be king. God declares the believer is an anointed king, an anointed one. Notice it's possible that God's people can be weak and still be anointed. They can be weak and still have authority. They can be weak and still have power, resurrection power, in fact. Weakness and divine anointing can work together. Don't just think because you have a moment of weakness or a time of weakness that you no longer have power, authority, or anointing. That's not true. You still have that same power that raised Christ from the dead. You still are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. You are still seated in heavenly places at the right hand of God, no matter how you feel. love that. We can say, I am this day. This day I'm weak, but I am still anointed. It's possible to be weak and be anointed. Can I say it this way? It's possible to be hurt. And be anointed. It's possible to be in pain and be anointed. It's possible to be disappointed and be anointed. It's possible to be struggling in my faith and still be anointed. It's possible to be discouraged and still be anointed. It's possible to be depressed and still be anointed. It's possible to be fearful but still be anointed. It's possible to be broke and still feel anointed. In Jesus' name, anointed. But weak on particular days. Notice David felt weak. Notice when he found himself in this place. He found himself weak when he was faced with a new position. He was all of a sudden, now he's going to be king of Israel coming together. He'd never been there before, and now all of a sudden, he finds himself in this moment of weakness. He felt his weakness when he was about to take over all of Israel. He felt his weakness when he was in a new place, in a new position. He felt his weakness when he was faced with new opportunity, and he said, I'm weak today. When I look at this new place, when I look at this new possibility, this new opportunity, I feel so inadequate. I'm weak on this day, though I'm anointed to be king. Many times when we make a change in life, maybe you've made a change. Maybe you've made a new commitment. Maybe you're in a new position, a new place. Maybe you're in front of a new opportunity. A lot of times that we can feel overwhelmed by that, and we start evaluating ourselves when being inadequate or not enough. I don't know that I can do this. I don't know that I can handle this. Here's what I know. You may not feel prepared, but you're anointed. You may not have the experience, but you're anointed. You may not have the training, but you're anointed. And that's what David says. I feel weak. I'm faced with a new position, new opportunity, new possibility. But I, I, I'm weak. I feel overwhelmed in the circumstances. I feel inadequate, but I am anointed. I am anointed. Your flesh, your mind will say you're not good enough, you're not strong enough, you can't do this, you're weak, the enemy will always come and try and make you feel like you're a nobody and a nothing, and I want to remind you so that you can remind the devil it's possible to be two things at one time. You can be weak and anointed at the same time because you're a child of God. Chosen generation, royal priesthood, seated at the right hand of the Father, full of resurrection power, the same power that raised Christ from the dead. Now we don't understand that because... The world doesn't see it that way, but we need to understand it. it's possible to feel weak, overwhelmed, outnumbered, outresourced, discouraged, yet I am still anointed. See, the world looks at it this way because we can't do two things at one time, right? You can either be hot or cold, but you can't be both. You can either be tall or short, but you can't be both. Big or small, but you can't be both. So we don't think like the world thinks. It is possible to be weak and anointed at the same time or have a supernatural power greater than your own. And that's where we struggle, because in our own natural mind, and we listen to the enemy and circumstances round about it, it's impossible for you to be weak and still have authority. It's impossible the world will say, if you're weak and still have power. Oh, no, no, but you don't go by what the world says, because we're child and children of God. We're sons and daughters of the King. So when you're weak, you are still anointed. You're still cold. You still have a divine purpose. God still loves you. He hasn't quit on you. That's how the kingdom works. The kingdom says you can be poor, but yet be rich. Rich in every way. It's possible to have joy in the middle of sorrow. It's possible to find beauty in the midst of ashes. It's possible to have peace in the midst of a storm. Again, in this world, but we're not of this world. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. We don't But think like the world thinks. 2 Corinthians 12.10 says this. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and needs and persecutions and distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then, right then, right in that moment, immediately I am strong, no matter what's happening around about me. When I'm weak, then, right then, I am strong. Weak yet anointed. And you need to know and remember that the moment of your worst dilemma, the moment of your worst trial, the moment of your worst Valley, the moment of your lowest point, God said, when I am weak, then I am strong. And David said, I am weak this day, but I am still anointed. We need to understand who we are. You are an anointed king, if we could say it that way. You don't have to fear the enemy. And just when David thought the battle was over and peace was finally coming, just when he had reached a place of promise and was looking to being fulfilled, what it meant, it's the moment that he felt his weakness. You may be weak, but you are anointed. Really what David was saying is what we would say. If I am king, why am I weak? We would say it this way. If I'm a child of God, why am I weak? We might say it this way. if I'm a child of God, why am I sick? If I'm a child of God, why am I suffering? If I'm a child of God, why am I being persecuted? If I'm a child of God, why am I broke? If I'm a child of God, why is my marriage failing? If I'm a child of God, why are my children lost and wandering? And here's what we need to do, understanding who we are and this principle, we need to flip that. You may be sick, but you're still a child of God. You may be broke, but you're still a child of God. You may be suffering, but you're still a child of God. Your marriage may be failing, but you're still a child of God. Your children may be wandering and lost, but you're still a child of God. You may be weak, but you're still anointed. You must define yourself not by what's going on around you, but by what's going on in you you must define yourself not by what's going on around you, but by what's going on inside of you. So looking at, looking at everything around me, I may be weak, but I am anointed on the inside. You know, one of the, this is kind of funny, but one of our, I don't know, one of the most rising crimes or one of the most crime that we see half of the most is identity theft, right? You see all those commercials, right? Safe lock or life lock. I don't know what they all are, but identity theft. And I'm listening to the the radio. I got SiriusXM radio, and I'm hearing all these about identity theft. They can even steal your house now. I don't know I all the things, and it's like you just wish sometimes these really clever and smart criminals would put you know do legitimate things. They'd be rich, right? They're trying to steal from everybody. Those put your time in something productive. But I got to thinking about that. Here's the thing: we have to understand we cannot let the enemy steal our identity, and that's what he does. That's what he does. Identity theft. Identity theft first first happened in the Bible. Identity theft can be. Attempted identity theft can be traced all the way back to Isaiah 14, so bear with me on this one. Isaiah 14, first attempt at identity theft. Here's what the Word says, and this is God. For you have said in your heart, speaking of Satan or Lucifer, you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars. I'll also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high God first attempt at identity theft, the devil said, I'm going to be God. When God was anointed to be God. That's who God is. It's who he is. It's what he does. The devil wanted to steal God's identity because God was God. And here's what I would say this morning. The devil wants to steal your identity because you're anointed King. He wants to steal God's identity because he's King of kings, king of kingdoms. He wants to steal your identity because you're anointed to be king. You may be weak, but you're anointed to be king. Now the devil wants to steal your identity, not so he can become your identity, but so that you won't become your identity. That you won't walk in your identity. He wants to steal it so you won't walk in it. Not that he can take it upon himself because he's defeated. Don't let him steal your identity. Know who you are. You may be weak, but you're anointed. You sit at the right hand or seated in heavenly places with Jesus. You're a chosen generation. You're a king and a priest. God has said that. And it's important for us to understand that the devil wants you to walk through life not knowing that you're anointed to be king. Just because you're a ba- you got a bad report, he wants you not to know that you're anointed to be king. Just because you got laid off, he wants you not to know you're anointed to be king. Just because you're a single mom, just because you went through a divorce, just because you have these different feelings, he wants you not to know that you're anointed to be king. You may be weak today, but you're still anointed. Isaiah 10, 27 says this, it shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck, and the yoke, listen to this, and the yoke will be, destro- be destroyed because of the what? He doesn't want you to know you're still anointed. He wants you to keep that yoke that's not yours. He wants you to stay bound up in your weakness. But when you know who you are and whose you are, you're anointed to be king. That anointing will break that off your life. So He doesn't want you to find that out because he doesn't want you to walk in that. What you're going through does not change who you are. What you are going through does not change who you are. I am an anointed king. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world, and no weapon formed against me shall prosper. It's interesting in the times that we live in today, isn't it? I mean, I read a statistic the other day that less people are going to church today than at any point in time, I think, in history. I mean, we're under 50% of people that will say that they're actually active churchgoers. And that has not happened in a long time. It's interesting the time that we live in today that we're talking about, and they were doing this in, in the Texas legislation, they're talking about non-essential and essential, where you see that all over the country, that there's a court case that the Supreme Court finally ruled on that said in California, more than three families can meet in a church home. Churches are still closed in many parts of this country. God bless Texas. Amen. Right. Thankful for that. But all over, the church is being attacked. A lot of, a lot of uh, attacks on our religious freedoms. A lot of talk about churches being non-essential and irrelevant. There's a lot of attacks on the church. A lot of attacks on Christians. There's a lot of Christians attacking Christians in the name of politics, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Times may be crazy. The church may be under attack like we've never seen it before. But can I say this? The church is still anointed. It does not matter what government says, people say, the enemy says, the church is still anointed. We may be under attack, we may be persecuted, we may be in some ways in some places shut down, but we are still anointed to do what God has called us to do, and the gates of hell will not prevail because it cannot overcome the anointed or God's anointed ones interesting times that we live in that no matter, it's not going to get better, it's going to get worse. I'm not doom and glooming it. I'm Bible in it. That's what the Bible says, right? And no matter how bad it gets, the church is still anointed and you are still anointed, but I know what you're thinking. Cause I think this from time to time, I know what you're thinking. It seems like things are getting worse and worse. That's okay. The Bible says they were, it seems like the devil is getting bigger and stronger and more powerful. I get that. When you look around, it's hard to not think that when you read in Genesis, When he began in Genesis and he appeared in the garden, he was just a snake. Peter, later on in the New Testament, describes him as a roaring lion. Looks like he's getting bigger and badder. And then when you read in Revelation, it says that the last days, he's going to be like a dragon, it's going to look like he's getting more powerful. It's going to look like he's getting bigger. As times are progressing, he goes from the beginning to a, from a snake. He goes from the New Testament to being like a lion. He goes to the end times, which I believe that we're in. He looks like a dragon. While we're dealing with things we never dreamed we'd be dealing with, but watch this in Psalms ninety-one thirteen. Here's what the Word of God says. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder, or the snake, and then the young lion, the lion, and the dragon shall you trample under your feet. It doesn't matter how big it looks like he's getting. We still trample on him. Did you get that? It doesn't, as we're moving closer and closer to the return of Jesus, it looks like he's got more and more power, but I'm telling you, it doesn't matter how big he looks like he's getting. The serpent, the lion, the dragon, we still trample him under our feet. Why? Because we're anointed. Even when we're weak, even when we're weak, we're anointed. I said, I wasn't going to preach. I was going to teach. So forgive me for not speaking truth other than the word this morning. It may look like the devil's getting bigger and stronger, but and you may feel like you're getting weaker, but it says we're gonna overcome him. No matter what. No matter how big it looks, no matter how powerful it looks, we still overcome him because of the anointing, it doesn't matter how powerful he seems, you're still anointed. You may feel weak, but you're anointed. You you still you still got the blood of Jesus. You still got the Holy Spirit, you still got resurrection power, you still got the word of God. Now let's go back to 2 Samuel 3:39 as I close. Here's where we started. I am weak today, though anointed king, today. Actually, I finished my notes. I sent them off to the team. And then I just kept thinking this word kept rising. Today, it kept rising up in me. And so it's not in your live notes, but I had him add this in my notes this morning. It kept rising up in me, that word today. David said, I'm weak today, this day. For some reason for that day, and we read some things or talked about some things. He said, he's weak. As if to say to the devil, another thing that he wrote, Weeping may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. I'm not going to always be this way. I'm this way right now, but listen, don't think just because I'm this way today, I'm going to be this way tomorrow because I'm anointed. And don't think just because I'm this way, I'm going to live this way into my future. Oh, no. I may be weak today, but tomorrow's coming. His mercies are new every morning. Sorrow may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Don't think I'm going to be this way all the time, Mr. Devil, because I'm anointed, not just today. What about your tomorrow? What about your future? I feel a little weak today, but that doesn't mean I'm going to be that way tomorrow. Don't think that this day is how I'll always be. This day will not last forever. I may be weak right now, but I am anointed. This day does not define who you are you're still anointed, and if you are going through a struggle, and I believe there's probably many of us that are, I want you to know that you are anointed. If the devil's messing with you, you're anointed this morning. If people are persecuting you, you're anointed this morning. If people have broke your heart or rejected you, you're anointed this morning. If it seems like your marriage is over, you're anointed this morning. If your kids are in trouble and wandering lost, you're anointed this morning. If it matter how you feel, you're anointed this morning. You may be weak today, but tomorrow comes you're anointed you're anointed this is my heart this morning here's what I think that we need to say in those moments honestly in those moments we feel that way and we feel that way a lot of times we need to open our mouth and say man I'm weak today I'm having a bad day I'm Not really hurt I didn't see that coming I don't deserve that but I'm just still anointed Everybody may have left me, but I'm still anointed. Everybody may have turned their back on me, but I'm still anointed. I don't see how, I don't see where, but I'm still anointed. We need to open up our mouths in those moments and we declare what David declared. I am weak today, but yet I am anointed. And so i stand to our feet. That's my heart. That's my heart. That's my prayer for you. Thanks again for joining us this week. We pray that this message encouraged and inspired you. If you want to find out how you can be a part of Tree of Life, just go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend.